Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in a series we're doing called Developing Well. This series really sprang out of the series we did all summer uh, called Do You Want to Get Well? On, on the question Jesus asked the man at the Pool of Bethesda. Just such an amazing question. It impacts so many areas of life. And, and uh, so we worked through that a lot. Um, but moving on now, we're, we're talking about as people who said yes to the question, do you want to get well? Um, what, what's going on now in our lives? And we're, we're, we're talking about developing as um, followers of Jesus, as we yield our lives to the Holy Spirit, and, and uh, what that looks like. And we're using as a foundation for this series, the Beatitudes. Beatitudes are found in Matthew 5. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 are what we call the Sermon on the Mount. That's how they're known. Um, and in effect, Jesus is preaching in these three chapters as the undoing... Um, uh, a long season of bad teaching by the established religious community and so he's having to undo everything. So he's saying some very shocking things. And, and so even when you read the Beatitudes, you'll see that they're, they're full, filled with paradox. Um, we, we've said that they don't even, um, he doesn't seem to be saying things that we would even think that he might say, you know, happy or the sad. He's, there's a lot of stuff that's going on in there. And, and um, we've also said that they build on one another, they're a progression. And so we need, that's why we study them in this order. And, and that at the same time, even after we get through all eight, it doesn't mean we've arrived. It means we're continually allowing the spirit to work on us in these areas. And that really probably one of the best places we can be is back at number one, where we realize that we're completely and utterly dependent on God for everything. And that's, that's probably the healthiest place we can be in the course of our lives. But the spirit of God works on us and we move on from glory to glory. And and so we've been working through these. We've worked through the first four already. Um, we're going to get to the fifth one today, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But uh, I thought you might like this. I have another little nativity joke. I broke out a big one last week. It's going to be hard to top, so I'm not even trying. So this will be less and worse than last week. But uh, it's this seven-year-old was drawing a picture of the nativity. And, you know, these nativity jokes are inspired. It's, it's Christmas. And... and uh, We've got our nativity scene up. And, and uh, really, it was a really good nativity drawing. It was, it was really good, you know, uh, real detailed. Um, the, the child had included, you know, Mary and Joseph. Of course, Jesus, uh, baby Jesus was in the picture. And, and uh, you know, some wise men and, and sheep and uh, very good. But in the corner was this really, really big guy. And uh, her dad was kind of looking at the picture. And he said, yeah, honey, that's really, it's a, it's a great drawing of the nativity. But, but who's that really big guy over there in the corner, you know, he wasn't sure, and she goes, oh, that's round John Virgin. Okay. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scripture reading, put here on purpose to get me out of that mess. This is out of the Psalms. Psalm 41, verses one through four. To the chief musician, a Psalm of David. Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sickbed. I said, Lord, be merciful to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. Blessed be the word of God of the Lord. Matthew 5, 7 is the beatitude we're going to look at today. It says, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. 
Um, I love mercy. I'm going to jump right out there with that before we say anything else. Uh, I love mercy. I, I love the fact that God's new mercies are new every morning because my messes are new every day. I love the fact that he continually meets me there and that he is a God of mercy. And um, with that in mind, as last week we talked about the fourth beatitude, which was about hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And, and we said that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be satisfied. And I, I said to you, it's a, it's a pressing in to the Lord. That um, it's, it's a paradox. Those who hunger and thirst will be satisfied. It seems like those who hunger and thirst would be hungry and thirsty. And those who are satisfied would be satisfied. But it's, it's this picture of um, after looking at the first three Beatitudes and realizing our own brokenness that the result is that we, we hunger and thirst for more of the Lord. And, and that as we do, he meets us there and he satisfies us. And as he satisfies us, it only increases our spiritual hunger and thirst. And we press in deeper and he meets us there. And we, we move on in this direction from glory to glory as, as the Lord continually meets us and fills us and satisfies us and we desire more. And, and we, we, uh, we talked about righteousness and, and what it was and what it means and I said that, that um, I like to think of it as, as um, right living, living by trying to do the next right thing. And I, I said that the, um, there was really, that idea is developed in the Beatitudes themselves, that um, Matthew 5, uh, Matthew 6, pardon, 5, 6, and, and 6, 10 are both verses about righteousness. One saying, talking about hungering and thirsting for it, and the last one saying that those people who, are, who achieve it, uh, who are walking in it, will be persecuted. And that verses 7, 8, and 9 sort of con- contain then the idea of um, this, this right living in the Lord. And that these, um, these three Beatitudes, 7, 8, 9, have to do with being merciful, being pure in heart, and being a peacemaker. And that these are the concepts of this right living, this living by trying to do the next right thing that we're talking about. And these are the things that should be developing in, in the life of a follower of Christ. And, and so um, these were not the attributes that were being demonstrated by the established religious community. If you look at where they were at at that time, they, they, they weren't merciful, they weren't extending mercy, they, they certainly weren't um, known um, for, for being pure. We see them constantly trying to use people to get what they need. And uh, they're, they're not peacemaking, they're, they're not making it possible for people to come to know God. And these are the things that should be evident in the life of a believer. And, and these are the things that should be developed as we yield to the Spirit in our lives. And, and they really, as I said, these all build on each other. They only become possible as we take a good look at the first three, uh, three Beatitudes and realize our desperate need for God, our own brokenness, and, and what, uh, how amazing it is that, that God has moved towards us as he's come in, in, in Christ and made a way for us to have life. And, and really the, the first beatitude and this fifth beatitude are, are, are really connected um, about being poor in the spirit, poor in spirit. It's, it's when you realize your brokenness and your desperate need for Jesus and the mercy that he's poured out on you that allows us then to become people that extend mercy. And, and so this is uh, to be a, a, a character of the, the, the person who's following Jesus, led by the spirit. Um, they're, they're to be merciful. It should be something that's evident in their lives. And so let's talk about that together. First point in your notes is this. What is mercy? What is mercy? Um, mercy is a compassionate response to human need. Mercy, mercy is a compassionate response 
to human need. We see God's mercy towards us is, is a compassionate response by him towards our need as people. And what he's looking for is that, that we would also um, extend this compassionate response to people that we see in need as well. And, and now grace and mercy are often uh, sort of mentioned together, um, but they differ uh, and, and I know sometimes we get confused about what the difference is. Um, I, try and, I, I try and remember them this way, that grace deals with sin and guilt. Mercy deals with the consequences of sin and guilt. And, and, and that's kind of the difference to me. Uh, mercy deals with the consequences of sin and guilt. And so as we realize then the mercy that God has shown on us, uh, shown us it's, it, it stirs in us this desire to be merciful to others. Colossians 3, 12 through 17, this is in the New King James, it says this, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, and, and then I, he describes tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace, and your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We're to be a people of mercy. We're to put on tender mercies, which include kindness and humility and meekness and long suffering and bearing with one another and forgiving one another and, 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 and forgiving. And all these things that we're to do are part of this process of being merciful to the people that we come in contact with because of the amazing mercy that God has given us. Now, there's a great story of mercy in action. That's point number two. What's, what's this look like? What does it look like to be merciful? And, and uh, uh, there's an encounter Jesus has with some of the people from the established religious community um, who, are, who are trying to test Jesus, as what they're always trying to do. They don't care for Jesus. They're, they're try, trying to tri trip him up and um, find things to accuse him with. And this is another one of those little encounters and tests. This one is in Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 37. And it says this, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, What must I do to in uh, inherit eternal life. What is written in the law, he replied, how do you read it? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbors yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. And so he asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? And in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other, by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. 
Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. This is quite an illustration that Jesus gives, uh, quite a parable, quite an answer to this amazing question of what this looks like, of, of mercy and actions. Um, you know, who, who was a neighbor, the one who had mercy on him, Jesus says, go and do likewise. Um, the expert in the law, the, 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 uh, the, the Pharisee there, um, you know, when, the, when this was presented to him, one of the things you need to know was that the, um, the established religious community didn't care for the Samaritans at this point in time. They did anything they could to avoid them. Um, he wouldn't even say the Samaritan was the right one in this story. Did you say, oh, well, the one who showed him mercy. He couldn't, he couldn't even bring himself to say it was the Samaritan, but that was the answer to um, what took place, and we'll talk about that more in a minute. But so, so, so see the picture. Here's someone in need, and, and here comes two representatives of the established religious community. First, a priest walks by, and he doesn't do anything. Then a Levite, same family, you know, uh, like the music guy, he passes by at the same time. And here comes someone that's not even part of the established religious community, a Samaritan. In fact, someone excluded from it. And he stops and helps and, and uh, moves into the process. And, and Jesus said, well, he was the one that, that did what needed to be done. And see, mercy has some components to it. And I'm just going to mention a few. It has more. But little point A under that one is that, is that mercy sees. Uh, mercy sees. Mercy sees distress. Um, mercy sees real need. It, it doesn't walk through the world with blinders on. It, it's, it's, it sees need. And, and that's a heart of mercy because uh, when we realize our own desperate need for God, we can begin to see that need in others. And we see it. We actually see it. Um, we, we don't see, um, uh, you, know, you know, one of the things that we struggle with in our, in our really busy world is that sometimes when we see people um, around us, they just sort of blend in to the scenery and the machinery of our lives. And by that I mean you don't really see them. Um, you know they're there, they're part of the scenery, but you never really engage with them, or they're just part of the machinery of your life, which is somehow we, we start thinking that they're just there to make our life work, and if our life's not working, we can take it out on them. And we forget that they're people. We forget that they have emotion and feeling and that God loves them and God sees their potential and that, that as his people, we should be seeing those things as well. But, but sometimes we get so absorbed in our own busyness that, that we miss these things that matter and see this, this concept of mercy. When we're aware of, of how amazing mercy is, how, how amazing it is that that. God steps in to our lives uh, so, so amazingly that, that he, he wants us to begin to see people the way that he does. And this is a big component of mercy. Mercy sees real need in people. Luke 10, 33, a Samaritan as he traveled came where the man was and when he saw him, something was different when he saw him. The priest had seen him, the Levite had seen him, didn't do anything. But when he saw him, something was different. That's mercy. Mercy sees what's taking place. Little b. Mercy has an internal impact. Mercy um, will, will stir up in us, in our hearts, compassion. That's, that's the best description I can give it. Mercy 
will stir in us compassion. When we see something with, with those eyes that are looking, we see something, the, this, this compassion will stir up within us. Luke 10, 33, it says he took pity on him. It's the same thing. He, he, this compassion stirred up in him. And then it, it leads to this, see, which is mercy has an external response. Mercy then does something to attempt to relieve the distress. It does something. Now, uh, I, sometimes I think we, uh, so many people put blinders on because they just don't want to get involved because they're overwhelmed by what it looks like. And, and um, mercy sometimes is, is extended with uh, the willingness to just talk to somebody, with, with the willingness to sort of take it a little deeper um, and, and see, see what's going on. It's... Um, Mercy isn't always, you know, that, that you've you got to avoid the situation completely because somehow you think if you step into it, you've got to fix it all. That, that's not what we're talking about. Mercy is just being open to seeing what God's got going on and, and what he wants you to do in the process and not being afraid of, of what that looks like and, and not thinking, well, I, I don't have time or I don't, but, you know, I can't be bothered, but, but seeing what it looks like. I'm, I'm amazed at how often... Um, Really, all that's required is, is a prayer, is a kind word, um, is a small act um, on our part to make a difference. Um, in Luke 10, 34 and 35, it goes, he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and then he put the man on his own donkey, and he took him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. And Jesus is making a point here, so he's going all out. This guy, the, the established religious community could care less about this broken guy, but the Samaritan goes all out and, and meets him where he's at. Now, the, the picture um, is one that, that hold in your mind because, see, what the promise in the Beatitudes are, remember there's a promise, as we, as we move into these things. The, the promise is that the, the mercy, those who extend mercy, um, they, they'll obtain it. That's point three. They shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And, and uh, what, we need to, what we know from that is that what happens is that God extends um, his, his kids mercy. You know, I started my whole thing today by, by talking about that, how much I, I appreciate mercy and how, how, how liberal God is with his mercy to me. New every morning mercies, and I, I'm so grateful for that. And, and, and so he wants us to be merciful as he pours his mercy upon us. Here's some scriptures. Proverbs 11:17. The merciful man does good for his own soul, but he who is cruel troubles his own flesh. Proverbs 14, 21, he who despises his neighbor's sins, but he who has mercy on the poor, happy is he. Psalm 18, 25, with the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. Jude 1, 21, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. These are, the, these are pictures of the mercy of God pouring out on us now and, and, and forever as we press on in him, and that, that our response is to be a people of mercy. Now, in our story, in the Jesus story that he told, most people know that as the parable of the Good Samaritan. That's what it's been called over time, but it, it really just mentions a Samaritan. And um, I, I wonder if, if you, if you uh, 
if you can see who the Samaritan is in the story. And, and I want you to think about who Jesus is talking to when he tells a story. He's talking to the established religious community. And as I said, they don't like him. Um, and, and John talked about this group and the way they described Jesus in John 8. And Jesus would have known this, 48 through 51. So he said it right to him. The Jews answered him, aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? This is what the established religious community said to Jesus. Quite a, quite a statement. You're a Samaritan and demon-possessed. I love what Jesus says. I am not possessed by a demon. That's all he clarifies in that. I'm not possessed by a demon. I honor my father, you dishonor me. I'm not seeking glory for myself, but there's one who seeks it, and he's the judge. I tell you the truth, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Jesus is going out of his way to, to make this point, I believe, with this story. In this story, Jesus is a Samaritan. Now, he's just in the story. I know Jesus was Jewish and all those things, but he's just trying to undo this whole established religious community that's such a mess. And he's, he's demonstrating what it's supposed to look like um, in, in following God, what, what a life in God would look like. And so he himself is a Samaritan. He's full of mercy. See, Jesus sees us battered and broken. We've already looked at that in these first Beatitudes. And he has compassion on us. And then he takes our mess on himself. And he pays for it, all of it, at the cross. He comforts us. He cares for us. He empowers us to live by his Holy Spirit, pouring on the oil of the Spirit. He demonstrates what mercy is. And we find and experience now and forever full and abundant life in him. Now. And as recipients of his mercy, we're to go and do likewise. He's, he's shown it to us. He's, he's pictured it to us. He, he told the story there and then he lived it out at the cross. He, he saw our mess and he did whatever needed, whatever was needed to get us back on track. Everything that was needed, every penny that needed to be paid, every cost, every care, everything, he took it on himself and he did it. That's what mercy looks like to us and from that he says, now you guys go. And you live like that. Live like that in the world. That's what makes a difference. So, so that's beatitude number five. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Let's keep on uh, pressing into these things as we move ahead together. And, and uh, we'll get back soon and we'll, we'll talk about being pure in heart next. We'll talk about integrity and what that looks like and how important that is. But, but for today, you know, keep processing these five and, and see how the Spirit of God is developing them in you as we move forward in him. Amen. If you're watching on television or by video, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. We know how valuable it is. Thank you for being a part. If you need prayer, go to our website at keysvineyard.com. Hit the prayer page. Send us, a, send us a prayer. We'll pray for you or call us. Come and visit us whenever you can. We'd love to have you here. Thanks for watching.